0: So, if you're okay to going for Rashford, my question would be why not just go for Hoyland? I know, yes, new player, new league, we're always scared. But so would have had the goal against Brighton if it wasn't chalked off. Same thing for Rashford, right? would have had the assist if it wasn't chalked off. Hoyland did score yesterday from a Rashford assist. So he is now at this age. And he played 80 minutes against Bayern. So I'm assuming Ten Hag is now okay to play this guy. I assume he starts with Burnley. It's not like if you can afford to rest people anymore. Yeah. And United's fixtures are. Burnley, Palace, Brentford, eh, tricky. Chef United, City, Fulham. I mean, and then Luton. Hmm. I mean, decent run going all the way to mid of November. Like, why not Hoyland? And wh- why isn't Hoyland the replacement for Jackson? Because s- similar price, you can definitely afford him. Probably more nail than Alvarez if you're scared about that.
1: I think Alvarez still ahead, but I'm not opposed to a cheeky Hoyland punt, honestly. Um, the way he played in these two games, he could have scored against Brighton. He did score against Bayern, it looks good. Um yeah. I'm I'm okay with getting in Hoyland.
0: Oh, just a second. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the FPL Banger Show. My name is Siva. I'm joined by Sam for the Game Week 6 preview. And Sam, hmm. Game Week 5, was that the worst Oof. ever game week in history of FPL? I think so. I don't
1: think I've ever scored um, that low before. What did or maybe score? I did last year in one of those weeks where I didn't. Captain Harlan and he called. I think we are all... All the people who did not captain Haaland, who Captain Sun, we're all really lucky because Haaland had like, what was it? Five big chances? Six big chances that he missed in that one match? Something like that? Yeah. Could have been what much, mean? much worse. But um, I finished with a game week rank of 9,555,000. So yeah. twenty nine. there are only 9 million <laughs> <players>. <laughs> There's nine million eight hundred players. So I'm at the bottom, like, I don't know. Yeah, let's not talk about it. Let's move
0: on. Yeah, my, my score was 38 because I did Captain Harlan. I, I think basically if you Captain Harlan, that alone sort of mitigated some of the damage. But even then, still game week rank of like okay. 7 mil. And...
1: I think it's four points difference, but in a low game week like this, four points makes a big difference in your rank. Okay, oh, cares about rank, right? In the end of the day, it's all about the points. So. Well, yeah. it's I think
0: it's important <laughs> Important to remember that it was a really low scoring week all around. Like, I think the highest scores I saw, even on Twitter, like guys who just had random hauls, especially if you doubled up on Arsenal defence and things like that, people haven't changed their team much. If you had Alvarez.
1: Yeah.
0: I had Alvarez, yeah. So, people had Alvarez, you had Salah. But the highest scores I was seeing was at around 50, maybe 55. Nothing more than that. And the lower end was maybe 29, 28. So, I, I think... there you go so and I got 38 which is somewhere in the middle but it's so at most 20 points difference give or take I mean uh, I don't see this as a season defining kind of miss out if anything there was no mega haul here like you didn't miss out on a a 20 or 30 pointer from Haaland or something like that like you missed out on 10 pointers a couple of 10 pointers so nothing bad week but nothing season ending I feel yeah yeah I agree, I agree.
1: Still early in the season, the points between ranks are still really, really small. Like um, you know, ten points could probably give you could probably half your rank, maybe.
0: So yeah. Yeah, so some perspective. I, I, I wouldn't, you know, lose my mind. But you mentioned Haaland, right? So let's let's talk about City. Uh so I yes, Haaland had two point five six XG.
1: This uh, like one of the most XG I've ever seen in a single match.
0: And this isn't counting the fact that he could have scored Bernardo's goal, but basically just let it roll over the line. Very nice of him. He he must also own Alvarez, who got the assist for that. Uh, what, What do you think about... Because I don't know why, but this seems to be a debate. And I can't relate to it because I already have had Alvarez since game week three. But that's the big topic this week about getting Alvarez this week. And there seems to be some debate. Like A lot of people are trying to say he's not essential. You don't have to get him in. He's a, a minutes risk, even though he has started every single game. I, I, as an Alvarez owner, I can't even begin to sort of understand why there's any panic about this. Just get him in seems like a very obvious asset. Plays for City, best attacking team in the in the league. So what's, what's the big deal here?
1: Yeah, I think um, we talked about Alvarez like maybe two or three weeks back and um, we highlighted him as a better option than Foden. I think so we at least we got that call right. You did the wild card and actually got Alvarez in early, which was great for you. I always wanted but had other fires in my team, I guess, so never had the chance. But yeah, I think with Bernardo Silva's injury, he's about as nil as you can be right now.
0: Yeah, so Bernardo's injury, uh which Pep mentioned. He also of course you'll have heard the interview where Pep said that uh Alvarez is almost undroppable. Which is scary because
1: usually when Pep compliments a player, it means they're benched. <laughs> but in this case, I think I, he just has no choice, right? He don't even have Cole Palmer to bring on anymore. So, literally, pretty much no one else, I think, except for some guy named Bob.
0: Oh, Oscar Bob. Yeah. Yeah. They... <laughs> With two B's. Yeah, they got no one on the bench, and Pep. So the absolutely undroppable comment came before the game and after the the UCL game, he said, this guy is one of the first names on the team sheet. Like, I mean, yes, I know it's fun to because it's Pep and we can never trust him. But I, I mean, he's, he's not giving you a reason not to pick him. He played him 90 minutes after he flew back from Bolivia, right? So against West Ham. Didn't need to do that, but he did because I guess they have no options, but also he's just playing really well. And if you look at his stats in the midweek game, so, 15 of City shots against uh, Red Star Belgrade were attempted 8 by Alvarez or created by Alvarez himself with 7. He yeah, had next year 1.1, scored 2 goals. And if you look at the shot map, to me what I thought, and I also just watched, uh, uh, watching the game, it felt like he was trying, basically he's their KDB replacement. He's not as dynamic as KDB. He, he But he still is attempting to do all the KDB stuff. He picks out really long passes, takes shots from range. He's on all set pieces.
1: Yeah. I mean... He's this... um, also, I think, occupying the right half space a lot, which um, was where KDB used to be. But I think one thing better he's at, or maybe not better, but different, is that he's identifying the spaces... Um, that is left by Haaland, right? As Haaland draws the defenders away and cutting into those small spaces and getting his goals, you know? So assists and goals feels like a no-brainer, I guess.
0: Yeah, and I thought the first goal he scored against Restaurant rest Belgrade was very reminiscent of how Haaland and KDB worked together last season. Uh, It is a given goal, you know? Alvarez gives it to Haaland. Haaland waits. He knows that Alvarez will make the run. He passes it to him. Arvez rounds the keeper and puts it in. And I'm sure I've seen KDB and Haaland do that last season. As long as KDB is out, I think this guy is fine. You may catch the occasional benching. But again, I think we've always said it. If there was one team for whom rotation risk is worth the gamble, it's City because they're that good. No other team would you do that with.
1: And um, like we said, you know, with KDB being out, Bernardo being out, at least for the short term, there is really no no one to come in for Alvarez right now. Grealish is out as well, right? Yeah, uh, but he's back in training, though. Mm, okay, okay. But Grealish plays on the left. Alvarez usually kind of... On the right, on paper at
0: least, because um they're so fluid in-game. But yeah. Yeah, right, uh, right side at eight. I mean, I-, I think ultimately you can't... And the next fixture is what? Forest at home, and then Wolves? I mean, I, I don't know how you turn those down. But let's talk about the guy who he is replacing for most people, unless you're like me and you have both Jackson and Alvarez. So a lot of people are selling Jackson for Alvarez this week. And Chelsea drew 0-0 against Bournemouth. It's interesting because it's not that long since Chelsea beat Luton. It was only, okay, international break, so it feels like a long time. It was just two games ago. Since then, they lost at home to Forrest, which they dominated. And obviously, Mm -hmm. you will remember... Uh, Jackson having that miss from point blank range. The Bournemouth nil nil was a lot different though. Yeah. Not much chances. Not clear cut anyway.
1: Not clear With cut, but they possession. dominate possession. Um, yeah. Which has been the case, I think, in almost every Chelsea game, right? They've been dominating, they've been creating chances. Yes, against Bournemouth, maybe a bit less, but they're still making, creating the chances. Um, as you can see on screen right now, Rahim Sterling himself created three chances. You know, they're putting up good underlying numbers, but if you can't translate those into actual points, which was our concern with Nico Jackson um, since after game week two, I think, right? If you can't convert those actually into actual goals, then there's really no point. However, they do have a
0: really nice fixture <laughs> next. So they play Villa, Fulham, and Burnley, and I'm, I'm struggling with this because... Uh... I, want, I I got triple Chelsea, and I think a lot of people will have at least double Chelsea, uh, similar to me. And so the temptation for most people this week is to just walk out and get rid of all of them. I, I But Fulham and Burnley in the next two feels like a really decent opportunity. And ultimately, the Luton game works so well for them because it's, it, it's a difference in quality of opposition. Bournemouth, they should have done better. But is it just the case of, you know, they were back from the international break? Uh, a lot of them obviously wouldn't. And we mentioned this on last week's pod, right? A lot of them wouldn't have trained together. All of them would have gone off. Enzo Fernandez, again, came straight from Bolivia to play that game. It does seem like, apart from Julian Alvarez, all the other Argentinians who came back did look a little sluggish. Uh, McAllister had to be taken off after 45 minutes for Liverpool. Uh, Emmy Martinez had a slip for Villa. Mm. So maybe this, and we've seen it before in like last seasons, right? when you have an international break and then you have immediately a fixture after that, there are some freak results. Things happen. So is there some justification to just be a little patient here? Because I I get that XG is not everything, but ultimately, if you're creating that many chances, eventually some of them will go in. And the thing about Jackson and Sterling, surprisingly, is that they are nailed. They're still getting 90 minutes, which I, although Jackson has amazingly, and I don't know how he's done this, He's got four yellow cards. He's played five <laughs> games, which is it, is it is an achievement to have four yellow cards in this short time. And they're all stupid yellow cards. They're not like he's making good tackles or anything. He's getting them for just mouthing off at referees. He got one this week for standing in a wall and getting upset at the referee while he was waiting for a free kick to be taken against him. So, oh,
1: my goodness. Yeah. I think if you got either fires in your team, it's not the end of the world to hold them as frustrating as they may be. Um, but if you're happy with the rest of the team, then yeah, do Jackson to Alvarez, who is despite, I mean um despite Chelsea's good fixtures, Alvarez has equally good fixtures as well every fixture is a good fixture for City. He seems nailed. Um, as we mentioned, good underlying as well. Uh, maybe not as good as Jackson, but at least he's coming, you know, um, he's cashing the XT and the XA in. So it's all good. I think moving to Alvarez is a good option. Yeah.
0: I will say something. Uh, a lot of people have asked about why Alvarez is overperforming his XA, particularly, because he's got more assists. He's got like something like five assists from 1.2 XA or something. But I think a basic point that people are just not Either choosing to ignore or just don't know is the fact that when you look at XA stats, expected assist stats, they don't count fantasy assists. So if you get tackled in the box and it's a penalty, Mm -hmm. that's an assist if it's scored, but it's not going to be counted in XA. If you pass and it's deflected, so one of our versus assists is a deflected pass that got to Haaland and Haaland scored, that's also usually not counted in XA. So it's... Honestly, it's stupid to try and sort of uh, judge an overperformance. And anyway, it's five game sample size. So you're not really getting anything useful from this. But basically, yeah, fantasy assists are not counted. And Alvarez is the kind of guy who is going to get in the box a lot and is going to get tackled. And in fact, he also had, he won a penalty against Chef United, which Haaland missed. So he'd have another assist. And again, it wouldn't be reflected in his next year. So people just need to sort of, the overperformance thing is overblown, basically, with yeah. Alvarez. Plus, I've always felt it's kind of easy to overperform your XA,
1: right? Like, um, putting two good passes in the box, and if each pass has an XA of 0.4, that's considered good, you know? Um, You very rarely get a pass that's 0.4 XA. So two of that, and let's say Harlan scores both of it, you got two assists from an XA of 0.8. Easy overperformance, right? It's a lot easier to overperform your XA compared to xG. I feel.
0: Yeah. I, and yeah, we always say the XA is a bit more, a lot more noise in it. You've got to be a bit more wary about it. We know for a long time, Bruno has had amazing XA, but it doesn't always translate because he's playing mm-hmm. in a team with, which had Wout Weggost and Anthony Marshall, a lot mm-hmm. of factors. Yeah, yeah. But coming back to, okay, so, so we're okay. Jackson Alvarez, I think is, a. I, I don't feel like it's a controversial move to make. And also I think what makes it easier is the four yellows. He's going to get a fifth yellow somewhere between now and Burnley. I'm pretty sure of that. He might even get it this week. And if he does, then you don't even get him for those easy fixtures. So I feel like Nico Jackson is an understandable sell at this point. Even if the data doesn't, you know, strongly back it, the yellow card thing is something you can't really run away from. Yeah, I agree. Sterling, on the other hand, I don't think it's as urgent a sale because he's still their best attacker in terms of performances. I thought he was pretty good against Bournemouth. He took a free kick, which I'm surprised. I didn't know he knew how to take free kicks. He hit the post. He was really unlucky. Like, it should have gone in. Like, it hit the post and rolled across the goal line. Um, Still getting 90 minutes. So, again, not a priority sale. I definitely wouldn't have any of these jokers or wildcard, but it doesn't feel like an <laughs> urgent fire sale.
1: Yeah, yeah. Again, it depends on your team, I guess. Take a look and see where is your weakest link in your starting eleven. And if Sterling is your weakest, then sell him. Yeah, sure, go ahead. Although not chill many well. times, though. Although we'll get into it. Chill well. Yeah, that is a concern. Mm. I have chill well. I have chill well. And um, for those of you who don't know, it seems um, Poch came out in an interview and said that he's chill well is in competition with Mudrik, right? So, which is really weird. So he looks
0: at Chilwell more as a left winger rather than a left back. Um, He said a lot of things and he said quotes both before and after the game. So it's hard to really understand what Poch was trying to say. First, he said, I think before the game that, yeah, Chilwell uh, needs to get into attacking spaces. And that's uh, why we're looking to play Modric today. I think that's what he said just before the match. Then... Post-match, he said he's not happy with his fullbacks because they keep going up and leaving space behind. First manager I've heard who's complained about having attacking fullbacks. Makes no sense, by the way, because it comes full circle. I remember when was first at Spurs, like he had the best attacking fullbacks in the league. But uh, times change, I guess. Reading all of that, it kind of makes sense why he's playing Colville at left-back. He just wants to play effectively three centre-backs and then have a a one-wing back. And so that's Gusto on the other side. The fact that he's choosing Gusto over Chilwell is weird, but it is what he is doing. And a lot of people are more assuming that... that he, sorry, I think it's more that he has a centre-back who can play
1: left-back, but n- not really a centre-back who can play right-back, I guess. Although... He's got I know Yeah, but Disassi has only played there like less than 10 times. A few his, times. So Yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah.
1: Anyway. Yeah.
0: I- and I think we have to be careful here of you know what we think is best for the team versus what the manager thinks is best because managers can be stupid, right? Or we can be <laughs> stupid. Who knows? But you know we are all watching this game and thinking why is he playing who who is definitely not a left back? At left back, it's not working. He's not getting crosses in. will ran up and down, but obviously he's just not a left back. But you know we don't know what this dude is thinking, and he may think it's a great idea. He may feel that the defense was too open at Chilwell there. He didn't bring Chilwell on for Mudrik. He brought on Cole Palmer. Chilwell came out with the last 10 minutes. Obviously got a yellow card. Thank you. So zero pointer there. Uh, Well done. I
1: blocked my botman on the bench. Nine point.
0: I I think in terms of priorities, it feels uh, Chilwell and Jackson are equally high. Probably Chilwell is higher because he's actually lost his place effectively. I think, yeah. So Chilwell's got to go for me because if you're not playing him in Bournemouth, which for me is an easy fixture, then what am I keeping him for?
1: That's true.
0: Although there is talk that,
1: um I mean, he also said in the interview that he wasn't happy with how Modric played, right? Pretty much. And the hint <laughs> He's that not I
0: happy did. with anybody playing. With yeah, this so
1: is it's really tough because Chilwell has an equal chance of getting back his place this week, right? But it's so much uncertainty. It's really scary and annoying as a Chilwell owner. I really don't know what to do. <laughs>
0: Even if <laughs> not Chilwell gets his place. We're not. They play on Sunday. Even if Chilwell gets his place back. Do you see Chelsea keeping a clean sheet against Villa? I don't. Uh, do you really want to hold Chilwell long-term? I don't. Like, I, if I keep him this week, I'm benching him. I'm not playing him. That, that, that simple as. Because I, I don't want to risk another zero-pointer. And I the, the vibes of this team... You know, I said underlying stats, and I, I don't want to panic too much. But this just feels like a Frankenstein of a team. Like, they just mm-hmm. all look like strangers. And it has not gotten better. It has gotten worse. Like, I, I don't... See and Poch is already defending himself and telling people to calm down and not have expectations. We're running very fast towards fans are already booing them. Like Lampard's gonna be in by gaming nine at, at this rate. So. yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. Well, I feel yeah, I, I started too positive. Actually, no, just sell all of them and
1: yeah. <laughs> the I, problem with defense, you know, I feel with too Well, right? Is that there are not many alternatives. You can go. Um, I know we're gonna talk about Newcastle. Is Newcastle next? Uh, no. Spurs. Okay, we'll get there eventually.
0: Um, but it I would have, be, it would have been better if I, yeah, but I mean, I think there are options. I think you've got you know, we're not gonna talk about Spurs now. I think you got your and Poro who both look very good. You've got Christian Romero, who's a center back but still look decent. You've got uh, card card I'm not gonna go near Romero, man. Ah, but Romero hasn't had a card this season it may surprise you to know and i think that's down that's last year right no you are talking about last year that's old romero new uh, romero
1: new and improved as, version
0: 2.0 new and improved romero this season zero yellow cards zero red cards last mm-hmm. year he had 10 he's played he had 10 in 27 games this year he's played five games and got zero postecoglou is calming them down mm-hmm. mate he's just you know he walks in just says it's all right, mate. Just just chill out. My, my worst Australian accent. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> but I think yeah. if you're getting a spurs defender, definitely Poro or Udogi over um Romero, right? Yeah. I mean, you uh, ultimately you want the, the fullbacks. And I went for Doggy just because I was scared that Emerson Royale might play a game some point. But it does look like Poro has that place nailed down. And Poro when he plays is the better asset, I think. But yeah. yeah, to your point, I think plenty of options. We'll talk more about uh, the other defensive options. Let's talk about Spurs. Oh, I'll let, I'll let you have this one because this the, mm. this game did not pan out. Well, maybe it did. It panned out the way some people thought it would. I found it very surprising.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think Madison, good as always, right? Um, mm. Surprised to see him. Um, he came off a bit earlier, right? Sun
0: and Madison. Madison. Mm,
1: Yeah, yeah. So he came off... um, I can't remember which minute, but he did. I was really surprised because I would think that, you know, you leave Madison on to try and unlock um, Sheffield's low block. He looked good if you have Madison. Don't panic, you know. um, Great asset. Sun, on the other hand, was a bit quiet, I think.
0: That's putting it mildly, mate.
1: (laughs) How many shots do you have? I don't even have the stats. Do you have Sun's
0: stats from, from that game? It's it's on the screen, mate. Zero point six one six xg. I mean, you don't need to know how many shots he had. If they even if he had many, they were they were all bad. Zero point zero two yeah. xg. He I he felt, did not adapt to the role.
1: I felt that Spurs were really um snatching at chances. Like every half chance they would get, I don't know, is it the facing a low block that they feel like they can't really penetrate? So they were taking a lot of um. I wouldn't say long distance, but maybe mid-distance outside of the box shots, even though there's a lot of uh, defenders in between and, and things like that. So, But they kept pushing, they kept trying, they kept attacking. Um, I think Manus Solomon also created a few chances. I mean, he did well, but again, it just seemed like the whole thing was not finding that final pass to unlock the defense. Um, got through there in the end. With Richardson who came on and finally scored a goal. So good for him. I think there's a chance Richardson plays up top again and Sun moves back to the left. We'll see. I'm not I... panicking as a Sun owner yet,
0: but we'll see how that goes. <laughs> hmm. I, I, it's good to hear you're not panicking because I, I, I will give you some reason to panic, I think. So, Madison did play the full 90. I did just check. Although he was okay. towards the end, perhaps... He was he lost set pieces towards the end, so that's why he didn't get the assist. Right? Perisic took the corner that Richardson scored mm, from, okay. Uh, but Perisic now has an ACL injury, so maybe that doesn't happen very often. I don't know. Maybe Madison gets to set pieces. But what I did find interesting was that Sun was taken off in a game when they were losing, Sun went off at 80 minutes. That surprised me because why is your captain and supposedly best player coming off? And it's not the first time Sun came off, he came off against Burnley, but I just put that down to. We've already won the game. I can take him off. Mm-hmm. Coming off against Chef United, when you're chasing, to me, it does... It's, it changes things a bit because he wasn't injured or anything like that. So it does suggest that he is open to tactical substitutions that involve Sun. So he is not a talisman in the same way that a Bruno is or a Salah is who never... Or a Saka, for example. Never, ever comes off.
1: He's at could risk it be, of subs. Could it be a fitness thing? I mean, he did um, travel from... I don't know where... He the went to Cardiff, are, mate. He went to Car- <laughs> Cardiff and Long Newcastle. Distance, we used to do that all the time, you know, Cardiff to London. It's a very tiring journey.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> the,
1: <laughs> I, I. Or maybe there's too yeah, many. I, mean, I
0: don't know, but he did kind of look kind of off it. Uh, just, just not quite... I mean, Sun right. had to take the train to Cardiff with Ben Davies. So I imagine the journey alone <laughs> would have probably... You know, had an effect on him, but I, I think it was and it took
1: a mega bus or something.
0: Yeah, could have taken a mega bus to uh, Newcastle <laughs> after that. Um, I, I, I honestly think that Suns being subbed off early is a cause for concern, and I don't think actually that this is panicking. I, I do think the fact that he's coming off in a game you need to win suggests that he's not, not probably going to be as good an asset as we hoped he was. And yes, it's, it's you know, people say it's very fast to draw conclusions. But for me, that's a very big thing that stood out. Uh, the fact that he just didn't stay on, whereas Madison did. And if Sun's open to being subbed off early, there's no, no reason to say he won't get subbed off early against Arsenal and against Liverpool. Does he even play up top against Luton? Do they go back to Richarlison? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'm selling him, but I, I would not be opposed to somebody selling Sun this week.
1: Okay, okay. Fair
0: enough. I, like, I feel Fair like
1: points.
0: yeah, I feel like the Chef United game. You took a gamble because you know you wanted to have a ticket to the lottery. It didn't pay out, but to I don't think that yours. You know, people say it's knee-jerky, but especially if the base of your team and most people have a reasonable, solid base, then I feel like you can afford to be a little knee-jerky in certain mm-hmm. areas. And I think at nine mil, you can afford anybody else. There are a lot of people who are good fixtures this week.
1: True.
0: Yeah, and one of those teams with a really good fixture this week, Sam. It's Man United. So,
1: oh, okay. I thought you were gonna say Brighton. Sorry.
0: To <laughs> <laughs> so be. I feel now, like
1: there are no good fixtures for United anymore. But let's let's smart, talk Brighton
0: pessimism. Well, let's talk Brighton Man United because the first twenty minutes were all United, and uh, I mean they were all over Brighton. Uh, they had way more XG, way more chances. And it just felt like a matter of time before they scored. It looked like they were cooking. And I was reading on Twitter, like, we are back, man. We are back. This 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 Hoyland stuff is working. And then Danny Welbeck scores. And then Pascal Gross mm-hmm. scores. That and guy Welbeck. That guy Welbeck. He scored. Out, and it was really against the run of play. He scores. Second half, Pascal Gross scores. And then they just shut down. United really didn't do anything. And then uh, Hannibal obviously got that goal. But I... I found it hard to read United from this. It, it really felt like Ten Hag got his tactics wrong and refused to change. Like he went with the diamond. He didn't have any wingers and it took Brighton maybe about 20 minutes to figure out what was going on. And once they did, they just tore them apart. They kept running down the wings. Like, uh, Jao Pedro's goal, especially Lampty just walked down the line. Like it, nobody engaged <laughs> him. Nobody stopped him. He wasn't sprinting particularly fast, but everybody just kept backing off. And, this is a right-back playing and left-back. And he just, I mean, he coasted through. It, it felt like more of a system issue rather than... I don't know if this replicates itself. but And I feel like United have just had hard fixtures. Don't you think there should be some improvement going into Burnley this week? I think there should. Um, looking at the way
1: we play against Bayern. Yes, we did lose. But we also scored three goals um, yeah. away. Which is pretty impressive. Attacking wise, it looks better. I think as more people come back from injury, United should, in theory, <laughs> in theory, get better. Um, We're just kind of down on people on personnel right now. I think he, for some reason, doesn't really trust the other wingers. palestry um, played in the uh, Champions League, right? But he did not start um, against Brighton. I don't know why he went on such a narrow system. And then I, I would think he would play one Bisaka in that match, but then it turns out that Bisaka was injured, so he couldn't.
0: Um he came on and got an injury.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would think that he would start actually, but he didn't because um, you know, against Mitoma, you would think he won the best tackler to play against the best dribbler in the league. But maybe he had a knock to begin or a pull to yeah, begin with. Maybe that's I, I think it's possible, yeah. Like um yeah. he maybe felt uncomfortable. But the way the game was playing, no choice to bring him on. And then he got fully injured. So now we are really short on everyone. I'm still okay keeping Rashford. Um, he could have got... I wouldn't say haul. <laughs> but he could have at least got 0- some FL points this game. Definitely.
0: 0.69 xG, mate. I mean, he could have hauled. Uh, I, yeah. I know people are complaining on, on social media and stuff that Rashford was being too selfish. Like he had chances to pass and he didn't. But he did have the assist, which got chalked off for Hoyland, which was just across the line. Got the assist yesterday against Bayern. Yeah. I feel like Rashford against Burnley, he could, he I'm could, happy, he could I'm, do some damage.
1: Yeah, I'm happy to keep all the attacking assets, especially because it's against Burnley. Yeah. But just overall for United, though, it doesn't look so good. I think they'll still score. You can still score and lose some um, 2 3 or 1 3 or whatever, maybe.
0: But yeah, as an asset, I think it's okay to keep Rashford. What about Bruno, though? It, it was another of those games where Bruno just started off really well, and then as the game progressed, I don't know, Ten Hag just doesn't like him. He was playing centre-back by the end of the game. <laughs> like, he was I, literally I, just playing centre-back.
1: I actually think it's more of a Bruno issue than a Ten Hag issue, because we've seen this since last time. When we don't control the game, he tends to get more fuss- frustrated. Um, especially if there isn't someone to build up from the back and then he goes and does, do it, does it himself. <laughs> He'll stand mm-hmm. in front of the centre-back like, pass it to me, I'll make it happen. You know? Um, And it's been a trend. So that's why I think we really need better players behind him. I don't know what's up with Casemiro. He's not been playing his best. Anyway, this is not a United Tactics podcast or else I'll be going on for another like 30 minutes. So,
0: No, but it is important, right? Because I think a lot, so a lot of wildcard... A lot of people are on wildcard this week. And if you want a wildcard, go ahead. But uh, one of the questions people ask is, should you have any United mids at all? And I'd have Rashford
1: fit... still, I think, because we got so much money. Even with Salah, yeah. you still probably fit in Rashford and Haaland, you know? But Would you doubling have, up have... Rashford and Bruno, I wouldn't. On a wildcard, I wouldn't. If I had him, I wouldn't sell, but I wouldn't buy him. Okay. So
0: Bruno, if you have, hold. But you wouldn't have him on a wild card. Rashford definitely on a wild card, which means that you do think United should improve, because otherwise you're not having Rashford, right? I feel that Rashford should improve, <laughs> uh, in terms of
1: points at least. Whether United as a team improves, I don't know, but at least Rashford still seems like the focus of the attack, which is what you want. And even um, when Holland comes, I think it's it's better for him because he. I mean, he almost got an assist last weekend, right? marginally, the ball went over the line. And he did get an assist yesterday um, against Bayern. So it's working. This partnership, I think, has a lot of potential.
0: So, If you're okay to go for Rashford, my question would be, why not just go for Hoyland? I know, yes, new player, new league, we're always scared. But so would have had the goal against Brighton if it wasn't chalked off. Same thing for Rashford, right? Would have had the assist if it wasn't chalked off. Hoyland did score yesterday from a Rashford assist. So he is now at this age, and he played 80 minutes against Bayern. So I'm ge- assuming Ten Hag is now okay to play this guy. I assume he starts to be Burnley. It's not like if you can afford to rest people anymore. Yeah. And United's fixtures are Burnley, Palace, Brentford, eh, tricky. Chef United, City, Fulham. I mean, and then Luton. Hmm. I mean, decent run going all the way to mid of November. Like, why not Hoyland? And what? Why isn't Hoyland the replacement for Jackson? Because similar price, you can definitely afford him. Probably more nailed than Alvarez if you're scared about that. I,
1: I think Alvarez still ahead, but I'm not opposed to a cheeky Hoyland punt, honestly. Um, the way he played in these two games, he could have scored against Brighton. He did score against Bayern. It looks good. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm okay with getting in
0: Hoyland. Okay, good. I think I might do it this week, you know. Because it mm. oh, feels yeah, like... Oh already one of the... have Alvarez. Yeah. I already have Alvarez. So people like me, who are weird, is this is for the 10 of us who have both Ajax and Alvarez, it does feel like Holland's going under radar. For all the good reasons that Rashford is a good pick, surely Holland should be a decent pick as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I agree. I agree. Okay. And you're not that negative about United, considering the fact that they do face Burnley. Although I will say Burnley were much better against Forrest it's hard to have been any worse than they were before but -hmm. all those issues we spoke about with Burnley on last week's uh show they fixed a lot of them so they started a left back they started Charlie Taylor brought him back he played well they started Josh Brownhill played well uh but they lost Lyle Foster which is really sad like I don't know if you I mean you didn't care about double game week seven but I did and Lyle Foster was going to be my guy he was five mil forward scored then he assisted the first goal he scored a goal, which is then ruled off offside, and then he gets sent off injury time for a silly elbow. Like, so stupid. And he's now going to miss half of double game seven, which makes him not mm. an option. But I, I think Burnley have improved, so I don't think it'll be an easy game for United, but I still think United should score. They, but they yeah. just might concede.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree, 100%. United should score, but also will probably concede. Now, it's all a matter of scoring more than we
0: concede right now. Okay, so we're not so negative because it feels like at the start of the week, people are saying Ten Hag's probably going to lose his job soon. Ole is back in the press giving interviews now, saying that he's <laughs> been turning down job offers. Always feels like this is like your long ex, like just, I'm still here, you know, yeah, I'm available. I mean,
1: honestly, I wasn't really panicking because Brighton are a really good team. De is a really good manager. I don't think that's much... Um, It's not that humiliating to lose to Brighton, you know, to one of the best run uh, teams in the league. It's not like we lost against um, Sheffield United or Bendy, no offense to them. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, it is a respectable team to lose to.
0: Yeah. Sometimes you just have to, the fixtures just line up in a certain way where you get bad vibes. I think this is different from Chelsea. Chelsea have had the easiest run any team has ever had this season and they have messed it up. Whereas United have had a tough run. Playing Arsenal and Brighton back to back was never going to be easy. Playing Bayern wasn't going to be easy. So now they're getting easier fixtures. If you trust in fixtures and these guys have minutes, yeah, I like Holland and Rashford for me. Uh, any defensive punts from United? Because I see some people no. talking about maybe Dalo yeah. and Wildcard. No, no, no. 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 Sergio <laughs> so Reguilón?
1: <laughs> he did how play is, well you... against Bayern, I have to say. Um, but no, just United's defense as a whole, I wouldn't go near them. You don't need to anyway, I think.
0: Okay, fair. Let's talk Wolves-Liverpool. And Mm. I guess the big question is, do you need to reassess where you stand on Salah? Mm -hmm. And I will give both arguments because obviously when you finish the, the game week and Salah's got 10 points and very few people have 10 pointers, you think, I have to get this guy back. I've made a terrible mistake. I did watch the whole game and I was so annoyed because all of Salah's returns were so frustratingly not lucky, because they're good passes. He's he's assisting very well. He's turned himself into this creator. But it's like, everything he passed just like became a goal. Uh, yeah. the, the Robertson goal was purely down to Jose just being an idiot, throwing out the ball for no reason. And then it, uh, it's a Salah pass, which goes to Robertson and scores. The Harvey Elliott one, which could have been a third assist, it only wasn't an assist because Harvey Elliott's shot was off target, so Salah didn't get the assist. Thank God. I, I think I was going to cry at that point if he got three assists. But ultimately, his XG was really low, as you can see on the screen. 0.24 XG against Wolves, which is weirdly low, given that it's more Salah against Wolves. He's still 12.5 mil. Nothing has changed. His This 10-point haul brings him up towards the top of the mids, but there are still a lot of guys who are doing similar for a lot less. And then they play West Ham, Brighton, Spurs in the next three. It's now Thursday, so I've had some time to think about it. I don't feel as panicky about not owning him as I did at the start of the week. How do you feel? Yeah,
1: same, same, Siva. And for the exact same points that you brought up. And I think we actually talked about this last week, right? We did talk about Salah, and we did say the the exact same thing. He seems like he's moving into a more creator role. He's not really getting into dangerous positions. And at the same time, it seems the teammates are not exactly looking at Salah as that focal point, Right? Right now, it seems like he's getting into the half spaces outside of the box and then the other guys are making the run in. So if I were to target a Liverpool attack, I would probably go Diaz, I think, who didn't start but looked really dangerous when he came on. That's the problem, I think. Like, So Salah is a really good creator now, it seems. Um, he's turning into KDB. <laughs> but the other slots would be gold if any of them were nailed. It doesn't seem I- like it is that way. I, um, I
0: don't think you're ever going to get to that point where you feel confident enough about Diaz, Nunez, Jota, Gakpo to pick them. And I think that's why people pick Salah, which is fine. And I still think, price, you know, gaming... is the price, yeah. But I think on a wild card, Salah, fine. Because you can you can adjust the funds, you can make it work. But I, is he an urgent transfer in this week? I feel like no is the answer I'm leaning towards. like, But probably I will work towards making room for him by, say, game week 9 if I need him. Which Mm -hmm. is when the fixtures do really turn.
1: The person who impressed
0: me the most in
1: this game was actually Pedro Neto, who you have up there in the screen, Siva. So I'm proud of
0: you. Um, It's hard not to be impressed by Pedro Neto, mate. He looked amazing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, if only the other Wolves players could, you know, actually score. Or at least, at the very least, get into good goal-scoring positions. 'Cause I think there are a few times in that match where Neto goes on a run, you know, he's up, he dribbles past three players, but there's no one in the box um to receive the cross from him or whatever. So it's really sad, but I was really impressed. And he has scored, I think, three game weeks in a row now. Assisted, yeah. Yeah, so I mean um, I think he's he's had fantasy points. Um he scored points, not goals. But yeah, yeah. three game weeks in a row. He looks good. He looks really good, actually. Luton next for Neto. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's a really tempting punt to go for. I might... as an eighth attacker, Neto. I think. I mean, um, I have March who is injured. I don't know if he'll be back. He might be back, may not. But if he's still out this weekend, Neto punt, maybe.
0: Quite sad for you, huh? because, I mean, March probably would have feasted it against United. I but... know, right. I was thinking, you know, I... we don't... Yeah, like,
1: positionally... it. It looks good, and the right winger who replaced him, Idengra did. Uh, an how assist. much discount? Yeah, he got an assist, so could have been much there. But anyway, what's time is done, I guess. Let's move on to the next <laughs> game week.
0: Tough for you. I think long story short, with Salah, uh, if you can get him this week for free, sure, I wouldn't be taking massive hits to get to break my team to get him in this week, though. And I think yeah, so wildcard or for free, yeah, sure. Otherwise, I mm. think you can take your time to get there. Would you do like Sun to Salah if you had the funds? I did think about it. I, I could take a one, and do it. And I'm sure some people can do it for free. I'm sure some people are better than me and have two freeze. Would I do it? I think Sun... Yeah, for free, I would. For a hit, mm, reluctantly, I think. I feel mm-hmm. like you could probably do Sun to Rashford for free and get something out this week as well. I And Rashford's got a much better fixture mm-hmm. this week. You have to say that United-Burnley is a better fixture than Liverpool-West Ham, I think. Even though West oh, Ham oh, play soccer. Europa League... It's uh, Saka. I don't know about Saka, man. Saka's hard to read. Arsenal were very good against PSV, and obviously Saka got the goal and assist. We were very controlling against Everton without creating much. Did we Gabriel just had Jesus of the ball against Everton? Can't remember. No, but he started against PSV. Huh?
1: Yeah, so could he be the difference? Like That's why everything was more fluid against PSV. And now that he's fit mm. and he's coming back, Arsenal could start, you know, really playing well again. Because it did seem like every match in these first five weeks that you guys were really... I don't know what's the term to use. You um, like had to work really hard. Yeah, sluggish. Like, everything was slow and it was really forceful. Nothing was fluid.
0: You know, you could be right. Honestly, that that would make a lot of sense. Uh, because Nketiah really just didn't get involved against Everton. He uh, was slightly offside for that Martinelli goal. And after that, he just didn't get into the game. It could be Jesus being back changes a lot. I do think Raya being in now helps a lot Mm -hmm. in terms of uh, just the whole team looks way more secure. I think Uh, Raya is... He is. After yesterday, no doubt about it. The fact that he started Everton, a game which we have been losing a lot, was already a very big sign of confidence. The fact that he started PSV shows that Atleta doesn't want to mess about No way Raya doesn't start against Spurs. Because, I mean, I was there to see Ram still make the mistake against Fulham. You can argue with it's his mistake. But he he just doesn't give confidence to the backline the way that Raya does. So, I think Raya starts... For now, it's his year to lose. And four bonus points.
1: Yeah, he ended up with two bonus points. I mean, Raya is pretty much... Was the god um, of goalkeepers last year at 4.5. Bonus, saves, clean sheets. If he really nails down a place at 4.8 Arsenal, I'd go for Raya.
0: I'm just worried about Akita
1: making some goalkeeper sub or some nonsense like that.
0: (laughs) He did talk about it. Yeah, he did say, I wish I could make goalkeeper subs.
1: I've never, Um... ever heard a manager say that. Uh, For those of you who don't know, he said in an interview that one of his biggest or big managerial regrets is that two times he wanted to sub off the keeper, but he didn't. What what kind of statement is that, man?
0: (laughs) I don't know. But I, I think... Yeah, I think Saka on a wildcard, fine. Again, this week is not the week to make that transfer, right? So for free, no, I wouldn't be doing that this week. Uh, You're not going to take Saka. He plays Spurs and City in the next three. So you're not going to bring him in on free. On a wildcard, he's fine. But I wonder if you could be bold and try going somewhere else for the first three weeks, just given the Mm -hmm. fact that it's Spurs and City and then Bournemouth in between. Like, maybe wait and come back Gimmick 10 is what I would try and gamble on. Yeah, yeah. All about making marginal gains, I feel. And if Saka didn't get the assist this week against Everton, which is not a fortunate assist, but it's, it's it's from a corner and it's it's a short corner played. It Could have been anybody who made that last pass. Just so happens it wasn't Odegaard, it was Saka. But, but he's I feel scored like he scored against PSV, right? So he did. He an assist and against PSV. Yeah, goal and assist. So yeah, but we'll Spurs and so. City in the next three. I mean, I, for yeah, me, that just feels hard. True. True. Let's, let's try and talk about XG performance now. I think now we've got some data. We're five game weeks in. And this is total XG for the season. Haaland's at the top. This is why I captained Haaland last week. Like, yeah, I'm just... one, one third of that came from the last game. <laughs> true, true, true. Six XG, a lot of it came from the last game. But, I mean, he's missing a lot of chances, but he's getting a lot of chances. He's Erling Haaland. He's nailed. He plays 90 minutes. Uh, still my Perma cap, So, easy. Nicholas Jackson at the top. Then Otson Edward. Mm. Uh, some interesting names here Watkins very high Rashford Edward, who has returned um, four gimmicks in a row now very so under- should, we be, pick. should we be talking about Edward as the replacement for Jackson instead of hmm. you know all these other guys we're talking about I mean Alvarez, really good is is, yeah, Alvarez is still clear as number one but
1: if you already have Alvarez in your case Siva and then you want hmm. another forward to play three-four-three. I think uh, Edward looks good, and he looks like five he's five, finally five, nailed five, down a place, right? Because, like the issue with Palace forwards for the last two seasons is that it was either Zaha, sometimes Edward, sometimes Mateta, some yeah. So it looks like he's finally nailed. So, I I like it. I like an Edward punt.
0: The good thing for Edward's minutes is Michael Olise apparently has a setback in injury, so he will be out longer. So. Mateta's been playing sometimes on the right in certain games. He's been coming on at the right. Uh, So perhaps if if they have to keep going with that, then no issues about Edward playing up top. Uh, Very good fixtures. I mean, uh, Fulham next, then United, Forest, uh, Burnley, I think in the next six. It's pretty good. I just... I don't know. Um, Do I trust Palace as an attacking team? Maybe this is maybe just bias. It's sort of like old notions about Palace being defensive, but they have been well, scoring.
1: I think Eze has been creating a lot of chances, and if they had better attackers, they would probably be doing a lot better than they are. But with the amount of chances he's receiving, I'm talking about Eduard now, you know, he's bound to score some of it, therefore four goals. <laughs> I'm really surprised to see Dokore there. Um, at fourth. I think really interesting, I, but I think I, I, most of it was in one game week as well. I think, um, I can't remember which one was it,
0: but everything, had... he scored that goal mm-hmm. from a close range. I think that may be why.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, Ollie Watkins who... next, very frustrating. I have Ollie Watkins still, zero goals so far, but four assists. Like, he's only blanked one week, he's getting five points every single week. But zero bonus, which is really annoying, because he used to be a bonus monster. Um, going by the last season and the season before that, well, he's okay, I don't know. You didn't
0: deserve an assist this week. Okay, there was no way that was a pen. <laughs> uh, 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 very I, I, tackle, and I, I needed all the points I could get this week. So it was the first time. So for those who haven't seen, Ollie Watkins got a pen this week because of a uh, Palace giving away a pen towards the end of their game. It was never a pen. In fact, after the referee blew for the pen, VAR told him to go over and look at the camera, which is effectively VAR telling him, dude, you messed up, it's not a pen. Goes over, looks at the camera, and clearly, I'm sure in VAR, there's all these power dynamics, like this guy probably was sent by some junior dude, and it's like, I'm not changing my decision, mate. Yeah. So, very rare do you see that. This, and actually, the whole VAR
1: is really weird, right? Because we had an interview with, uh, which referee was it? Uh, who said, like, it was a clear error, but he didn't want to point out that his friend made a mistake, so he just kept quiet on it, like, oh my goodness, man. Yeah, it was an Come expose,
0: on. I think it was hardware, but one of those guys, Mike yeah. Riley or somebody, who said, yeah, he didn't, he felt bad. And, you, you know, it's basically just power dynamics, like, if your boss messes up, would you go and say, you know, tell him in front of the whole world, yeah, I mate, mean, you messed up. Sometimes it just, anyway, let's not get in the bar, we'll be here forever. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah walking in to owners, a, a little lucky this is the list for xa now so the expected assist from understat. and it's interesting to see uh who's on both lists obviously you can tell just by looking at the list who, who was on the non-pen xg list who was also on the xa list is salah so salah stopped for xa he's become this ultimate creator so i can see why you know if you're doing it for free or you got wild cards salah feels like an easy in pedro Neto, you spoke about also here musa Kubori, sam
1: oh uh-huh. Kabore, who has a double gimmick, very interesting. Uh, if you're on a wild card, definitely, and you need a 4.0 defender, Kabore is your man. Is he still 4.0? Is he 4.1
0: now? He's 4.0. Yeah.
1: So Kabore, um, Musa Diaby. I, I was going to say, if you're on a wild card, I would definitely swap walk in for Diaby, who mm. has been playing really well and seems more of a goal threat. Um, he had a goal disallowed, I think, this weekend. Yep, yeah, he did. So yeah. Definitely. And a
0: very good goal, I might add. Uh, very mm-hmm. well taken. Um, two goals, two assists. Yeah, he's overperforming actually slightly, but uh, the XA is really good. And I think, as we'll see, Villa play, uh, they play in Poland today uh, when mm-hmm. we record this. Diaby was rested the last time they in the Europa League, uh, Conference League, sorry. So if he's rested again, Diaby might be uh, a very uh, worthwhile. Fixtures aren't the best, but then again, this could be the easiest fixture he'll ever have this week. Because you can guess where he's going to, right? Chelsea, right?
1: They're playing Chelsea.
0: Just yeah. <laughs> like easiest fixture in the league right now. Uh, they they won their 2-0 last season. And it feels... I, I am a bit worried about Chelsea because I feel like their home games might be harder than their away games just because of the... I feel like the crowd will turn on them if they're not not happy with what they see. Yeah.
1: So, I'm okay. happy uh, to see Pedro Porro there.
0: I think he might be a report. real
1: worthwhile punt.
0: Yeah. On a wild card, I think uh, I'm already questioning why I have a doggy, but I mean, went for nail minutes. But yeah, borders is the more exciting one. Okay. Okay, let's talk wild card drafts. I assume as we speak, you haven't hit the button. You've been very, very disciplined, sir.
1: Yeah. I'm kind of happy with my team. I mean, of course, you know, if I had a wild card, there'll be a lot of changes I can make. But looking at them, I'm kind of happy going forward with them. So I'm, I don't think I'll well cut yet.
0: I'm but not yeah, tempting you ahead. with this draft that I've made for you. Like, I, I sat and thought, like, what would Sam want in his team? Do you have Flacken? You got Flacken. You got Areola? I'm, you got Areola. I don't have okay. Areola. I, see? So I'm, I made a very nice defensive draft. It has Kabore. See, you wanted Kabore. I've put Kabore in this draft. I know you like cheap defenders. So Jordan Bayer is in here. Somehow, Jordan Bayer got a bonus point for Burnley despite conceding. So <laughs> he.
1: Jordan Bayer has actually made um, the most tackles of every player in Europe, or some something like that. I remember seeing the stat on Opta. Like um, he's been pretty insane, <laughs> so good for bonus points, I guess.
0: Yeah, so maybe that's that's what you need for this double game exam. I've obviously put Botman as Stupinan Shah. I thought. You're not going to want to here, right? You're you're a cheap person. You you hate yeah. spending oh, money. In I'm defense. a cheap
1: person. Wow, Siva. Thanks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, I kept it very cheap. I've got Austin Edward. I knew you would like Austin Edward up top uh, with Alvarez and Haaland. And in the midfield, I've got Madison on the bench. That's how much money I've saved for you. Mm. Madison on the bench, obviously, this week, but a very good glue guy. And starting is Rashford, Salah, Diaby, and, and Bomo. So I feel like Madison's a really easy guy to bring in once Edward needs to be benched. because he you want to bench him at certain weeks, and Madison's the kind of guy you play, you would feel comfortable playing any week. Is this draft walkout draft not perfect, Sam? And why aren't you already activating it right now?
1: I have issue with um this double Newcastle defense. I have issue with how hot people are on Newcastle defense right now, just because they kept one clean sheet. Like you know, before the game, everyone's going on about how they haven't kept a clean sheet for like a year or I don't know some some. <laughs> a long time um, and it's then they kept one clean sheet and suddenly everyone's like yeah double Newcastle yeah essential double Newcastle I mean they kept a clean sheet in the Champions League but well, let's be honest uh, Milan could have scored like five or six goals right like uh, <laughs> they were so wasteful I, I'm I'm okay having one of them which is why I have Botman he was the cheapest I wouldn't go as far as to double up on Newcastle defence
0: okay so who would be the second defender you have you do have a Spurs defender. Where's Pedro Porro, man? Okay, maybe that's what that, that's what's wrong with this draft. Yeah, Pedro Porro. Okay, but the fact that that's the only change you can make, Sam, suggests to me that this is a pretty good wildcard team. It is. It
1: is. It is a good wildcard team. Um, not much complaints, I guess. Could move one of the keepers to David Raya if he really nailed his place down.
0: Yeah. So I think you you know it's all team dependent, and it's pointless telling people whether it's the right time to wildcard or not. But if you feel like you can hold on then you 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 keep going. But if you need to, I think you've got enough, not say information, because information changes every week. Teams go in and out of form, fixtures change, but you've got a reasonable set of players to work with now if you wanted to make a team. Mm-hmm. I guess the real question is, for Wildcarders, Sam, is Trippier essential or can you go cheaper?
1: I don't think he's been as attacking as he was last season. He's oh, on or- all
0: the set pieces though. Not all, I think. Um, almost all. Almost I thought Tonali would reduce his share, but Jupiter still takes all of the corners. 14 out of 14 corners so far.
1: Hmm. Okay. Okay.
0: Well, I don't know. I just
1: feel he's not really doing enough to justify such a high price at
0: this moment, at this. Okay. So you can probably get away. I mean, Botman, I think, is t- terrific value, right? 4.5, three bonus points this week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mmm. I think there's not much more we can discuss about wildcard. I guess Carlton Morris. Yeah, let's let's talk about Carlton Morris. You know, let's let's get this over with, right? Is Carlton Morris on a wildcard team this week? Because he obviously Luton Striker has a double game week. Normally we're about, all over that. What about Zeki... Um... <sighs> Zeki Amduni, <laughs> ah, finally. See, I, I guarantee you we will be the only pod this week that even knows who Zeki Amduni is, okay? you got to get people sp- speaking about him next week saying, Burnley have this guy, Zeki something, but don't pick him. We don't know who he is. Zeki Amduni is a great talent. Like, he's... He, they call him the Swiss Messi, okay? Oh, okay. Statsbomb did a comparison of players, like, who most resembles Messi, and he came up, okay? Uh wow. Signing from Basel... Very, very inspiring story. You can go read read about him. Looks really good. Obviously scored this week. Had scored in the Carabao Cup a few weeks ago as well. And will definitely play both games at the double because Lyle Foster, idiot that he is, got himself suspended for the first one. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're on wildcard, it feels like you could take that punt. And Burnley's fixtures going forward are way better than Luton's. If you're not using the wildcard, then I can get the Carlton Morris thing because you can wildcard out of it. But afterwards, his fixtures turn pretty quickly. And then he's going to be a very annoying 5.5 forward sitting there. And I thought Luton were awful this week. Like, I don't understand. They went to Fulham and they set up defensively. They just sat behind and tried to hit them on the counter. They weren't interested in actually... I mean, they had some penalty shots, but they weren't creating enough. Carlton Morris came off at 74 minutes. So much for talisman. Like, I <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't want any piece of this Luton attack. I think Burnley have the better double, which is weird because they have Newcastle. But I think they play Luton and that's the easiest fiction in the league.
1: Yeah, true. I I think um, you're right. I feel if you were to punt, now that Lal Foster is um, not an option, Zaki yeah. probably is the best punt you could take in this double game week should you choose to do so.
0: Yeah. Although probably the smartest thing is to just avoid all of these dudes and just get people who are, you know, actually good players for good teams. I... Before you move on, Siva, there is one player in your World Cup team that
1: you're missing. Who's that? James Watt prowse
0: <sighs> He's actually really I, I, good now.
1: Yeah, he is, man. He genuinely is, and I'm really happy for him because I've been a big fan. But people always tend to say that he's a set-piece merchant. He's showing that he has other sides of his game now. Return again in the weekend. Um, They're playing Liverpool next, but Liverpool haven't exactly been um, watertight, right? Could see a goal here. And if anyone was going to score in that team, it seems like or at least be involved in the
0: goal. Seems like it's going to be JWP. I have Bowen and one thing I did not account for because Bowen's been fine. In fact, you look at total points Bowen's doing very well. But one thing I did not account for was the fact that because Ward what process on all set pieces, he's just Mm -hmm. hovering all the bonus. It's so that, like, he got one assist against Luton and he got two bonus. Like, he, anytime he gets a return, he's he's up there for conversation and bonus points. And, yeah, he's scoring from open play now, which is crazy. Like, he basically turned him into Fellaini. He's, <laughs> he's getting crosses and he's heading them in. Uh, yeah, Warpross on a wild cut. I, I, I can't knock it. And Chef United next week. Like, uh, Chef United have one of the worst records. Of set, you know, they have the worst record for set pieces XG conceded in the league. Small sample size, but Warpross... You would be the kind of guy you would expect him to target. That you saw Richarlison score from the corner this week. Mm-hmm. What could definitely get an assist next week,
1: yeah. And no one has him, <laughs> that's a great part. I, I don't think anyone has
0: Hot bros, yeah. He's getting more popular, but yeah, he's not yet. Uh, let's talk captaincy this week. Uh, actually, no, let's not talk captaincy this week. It's a waste of time, right? You're all coming back to Haaland, right? Since you all dared to go against him next last week,
1: yep, yep. Um. Back to Haaland this week, he has a good fixture. He's at home. Um,
0: yeah, does Forrest.
1: fixtures even matter anyway? Uh, he can score against anyone, I guess. But yeah, Forrest at home, come on. Although, although I would say, um, a cheeky Alvarez captaincy over Harlan,
0: oh, he has this been outscoring tried. Haaland.
1: by except for that one game, right. <laughs> This is just you trying to be different, mate. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't it's... have Alvarez, so I can't even do that even if I wanted to. Are you not getting I... Alvarez in this week? I don't know. I, I feel like not getting Alvarez out of spite. Like, everyone's getting Alvarez in, so I don't want to do it. And I know that's not the right way to play FPL, but I can't help how I
0: feel, man. I am who I am. I hope more people feel like you because I'm quite annoyed that everybody wants Alvarez this week because I was really enjoying my differential points and I really enjoyed the fact that everybody was so scared about his minutes that they just weren't going near him and I'm praying that there is like a fake leak this week that says he's bench, and that people just Mm -hmm. avoid because I I just really want my Alvarez points to myself. Oscar Bob is going to start in his place. I hope so. Oscar Bob kind of
1: sounds like the most NPC name you can... It's like two first names.
0: But anyway... The very uh, Simpsons kind of character name, yes. Uh, okay, so I guess captaincy not really important, but is there any particular fixture here? Like, what is the best fixture to target for somebody who's on a wildcard card? they just want to take a random punt? What's the best fixture here to target? Let's not talk about the obvious ones.
1: Mm, Wolves against Luton, Pedro Neto. Okay. Brighton against Bournemouth, who I think a lot of people kind of move off Brighton assets, but they're playing at home against Bournemouth. Granted, they do have... Um, Europa games this year so we'll see how to yeah. we're recording before Europa by the way guys so we don't yeah. know what's going to happen injuries and whatnot but yeah few Newcastle ah Calum Wilson who started last weekend did not start um in the Champions League is up to his place should start again but then again you know it could have been less rest is up before the Champions League game because we're going to need him And now that that's over, Isak can, again, start this weekend. It's a bit of a punt. Um, I wouldn't say a bit. It's a big punt because he may start this week and lose his place next week. He may not even start this week, come on as a sub and still score and still get maximum bonus points as Keylon
0: Wilson does. But that is a punt. That is a proper punt, I think. It feels a bit too punty for me just because, I mean, I'd be really annoyed if you went for somebody and they didn't even play. And I don't think, like you say, it it may be that Wilson was rested because they want to play him this week. It may be just that Isaac needed that Champions League game. Although, to be fair, Isaac was awful. Newcastle as a team did not create anything. I think 0.1xg. So maybe Wilson does start this week. But I think the bigger issue Wilson is, does he start every week? I think that is your problem. He starts this week, sure. No reason for him to start next week they play Carabao Cup midweek, they could definitely go back to Isaac. And then that's going to be the big issue Wilson. Every week, you're just going to be stressing about the team sheet.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or they could play Isaac this weekend to save Wilson for the Carabao Cup. So, too Wilson. much uncertainty. Yeah, I'm with you. It's a bit tough.
0: Yeah. Okay. I don't think there's anything else for us this week. Uh, Double Gaming 7, I guess, will be interesting. Uh, and I think... A lot will depend. You know, if Luton beat Wolves this week, then I think you'll be a lot more hot on it. But you kind of need to see that improvement. I don't think that's being knee jerky You need to see them be better to justify investment. And same for Burnley. Like, if Burnley show up against United, then maybe you're thinking about it. Which is why I think, yeah, Double Game Week 7, not really worth discussing this week. We really need to see more of these teams. They're still adapting to this league. Yeah. And
1: not adapting very well because none of them has a win so far, right? And I think only one who... One of them drew, right? And that's about it. Uh,
0: but Burnley have a point. Chef United uh, have taken, uh, oh, yes, a point as well against Everton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luton are pointless, which is quite impressive. Yeah. And I think Luton do definitely look like they're going down. So I think one to sort I mean, of reassess all, all, all next week. kind of look like they're going down, to be honest. I th- one point I think Burnley, in five is kind of dire. I feel like Burnley can do something. But yeah, uh, long story short, I mean... As excited as we are about punts, and you know, I love Zeki Dooney and all these things, and you, Cole uh, show another Burnley made who looks really exciting, uh, all of this stuff is just like not worth a transfer this week. I wait till next week and then see if it's really worth the gamble. All right, then. So that's it for this week, Siva. All right, and we will see you next week. But in the meantime, let's, let's let's please get a green arrow. Wait, right? <laughs> I I literally
1: can only get green arrows right now. I think. <laughs>
0: can't get much worse
1: <laughs> than this so yeah see you guys next week bye
0: yeah. oh, is this the thing?